Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or by clicking the Share Your Story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video or online at fellowshipgj.com. Or if you're a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's service. Good morning, Fellowship Church. If you stand with us as we get ready to praise God this morning. Hey, there's this psalm in 104.33. Psalm 104.33 says this, I will sing to the Lord as long as I live and I will praise my God to my last breath. And I want us to come into this room into this moment with that heart that I will sing to God as long as I live. That is what I live for is to sing to God. And I will praise my God to the very last breath I have because this is the thing we need to understand is this moment we have a choice. We have a choice to praise our God or not praise our God. When we get to heaven, it's all we're gonna wanna do. It's all we're gonna do when we get to heaven. But in this moment, we have a choice. We can choose to give him that sacrifice of praise, to sing to him, to praise our God to our last breath. And so let's choose that in this moment today that he is worthy of our praise. Amen, let's do it.
Yeah. 
Holy, 
shame at the door. You check it, because there's no condemnation for those that love Jesus. No guilt, no shame. 
And so, Lord, we come before you today, and, and maybe we've been burdened with guilt. Maybe we've been burdened with much shame. Lord, we recognize what that is. That's from the enemy. So in Jesus' name, we just tell the enemy, guilt and shame, get lost. Get out of our life. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would fill, fill us with grace. Fill us, Lord, with your acceptance. Lord, God, change, change what's going on in our mind. And that we would see ourselves the way you see us. You don't look at us and, and are disappointed. You look at us and, as a favored son, as a favored daughter. And we praise you for that, God. We thank you for that. We thank you that this is your house. And where your house is, devil can have no victory. The devil can have no victory. So God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. We thank you for saving us. We thank you, Lord, that there is no condemnation for those that love you. We praise you for that, Lord. And I pray that you would help us to walk in freedom, walk in light, change our mindset, Lord God. Help us to truly see ourselves the way you see us. Thank you for this time of worship. Thank you for this time where we can come together as a body of Christ and lift you up. We praise you for those things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give him another praise offering because he so deserves it. So good to us. All right, as you guys make your way back to your seats, thank you so much for coming to Fellowship Church. Greet each other as you're seated. So awesome to have you all here this morning. And if you are watching with us online, thank you so much for watching. We know that you could have watched a lot of services this morning, but you chose to watch ours. So thank you so much for that. If you are watching online or you're here in the service, we'd love to have a record of you being here. Super easy to register here at Fellowship. All you do is take your smart device out, text the word fellowship to 94,000, and you'll be given a link over to some more information about the church, way you can register, and then also be invited to one of our upcoming uh, guest receptions. Now, if you are here live and you uh, are new to Fellowship Church, we would love to have a record of you being here as well. It's super easy. You can register uh, through the Church Center app or uh, uh, by using that text method, but you also can run back to the information counter, fill out a visitor's card, and when you do that, you get a free specialty drink for everyone in your visiting party. So thank you so much for coming and being a part. Uh, God is blessing in such an incredible way. Have you enjoyed the series Reframe? That's been really fun, hasn't it? Yes, yeah, so we're closing up uh, the series of Reframe today, Pastor Hooper is, and then we start a new series next week that I'm super, super pumped about, and it's called Unsung. The unsung heroes in the Bible. Now, for me, I love the story of the, the stories of the Bible. And when I went to Bible college, one of the things that I look forward to the most was really understanding the stories and knowing the history of, of all that. I love, I love history. And so this series, we're really going to tell the stories in the Bible, maybe uh, stories that you have not heard before. People maybe that are, are obscure or maybe are unsung, but that are also heroes. And so we're super excited about that. Next week, I'm going to be talking about Esther, Queen Esther. What a story. That is one of the coolest stories in the Bible. And you are going to know Esther very well after next week. We're also going to be talking about Benaiah. We're going to be talking about Jael uh, in, in Scripture. So we have several unsung heroes that we want to highlight over the next several weeks. So please come back. Also invite a friend. Well, we're going to continue to worship now the giving of tithes and offerings. I hope you've come prepared to give back today. And as you do, let me just pray a prayer of blessing over you. Lord, we love you. 
thank you so much for how awesome you are. You're so good to us. And I pray now that as we give to you, Lord, that you would bless us like only you can. Help everything that comes in to be sufficient for your church's needs. And bless us as we give back to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you know, there's all different types of ways you can give here. You can, of course, drop your offering off in the, at the, in the lobby there. We have several offering boxes as well as you can text tithe or you can uh, use the Church Center app or you can tithe on the website or do mail-ins, however you'd like to do it. But just know God is ready to bless you as you give. And here's some more of the things that are happening that we're super excited about here at Fellowship. On February 5th, in between our 9 and 11 o'clock services, we are going to be holding a guest reception. So if you would consider yourself to be a guest or a visitor here with us for the first time, please consider registering for the guest reception. It has a free continental breakfast. We'll show you and your visiting party around, introduce you to staff members, help answer any questions you might have about our ministry, our facilities, things happening here at Fellowship Church. It's just a way for us to say thank you and welcome you into the family here. If you're interested in signing up for the guest reception, you can do so on the church Center app on our website or at the information counter. On February 10th and 11th, that's a Friday night and a Saturday, we are going to be holding a Spiritual Warfare 1.0 seminar. That's going to have a cost of $40, which will get you lunch on Saturday, as well as the course materials needed to complete the class successfully. This opportunity, this class is something that you do not want to miss out on. This is one of our next steps here at Fellowship. This is how we grow here at Fellowship. This is a part of our identity and who we are as a church. We love to stand on the truth of the Bible, that we can fight back against the enemy and we can stand free in, in the truth of what God has done for us on the cross. So if you want more freedom in your life, if you feel like this is something God is pushing you towards your next step, sign up for this seminar. Again, that's $40. It gets you your workbook and lunch. It's going to be such a great time. You can sign up for that on the Church Center app as well as the website. On February 12th, we're gonna be holding a baptism service. This is gonna happen in between our nine and 11 o'clock services in our 4640 Student Center. If you feel like God is calling you to this next step in your faith, this showing the world that you're a follower of Jesus, please consider signing up for our baptism service. You can sign up on the Church Center app as well as the website. And if you have any further questions, you can visit us at the Info Center. We would love to see you at the service. And if you just wanna come view and celebrate with us as a church family this service, please, you're more than welcome to come hang out, see the baptisms, and just join us in celebration of what everybody who is being baptized is doing on February 12th in between the services. A quick reminder for you, Fellowship Church, is to make sure you're keeping up with your church center profile, keeping all your information up to date. If you need help doing that, feel free to stop by the Info Center as well as any of our staff or over at Purple Team in the nursery check-in lobby. We, we need your information to be up to date so that we can keep in contact with you with things like classes, events, life groups, um, your giving record, and it also helps us keep your children safe in their appropriate class and area. We have up-to-date information. We can verify information and identities of everybody picking up your children. It's just very important to our security and the safety of our children here at Fellowship Church. So please make sure your information is updated on your Church Center app. If you have any questions about what's going on here at Fellowship Church, feel free to visit our website at fellowshipgj.com events. You can see everything that's happening there as well as get in contact with us here at the church through the website. Enjoy the service today. You're not going to want to miss this.
is not very often after 46 years of full-time ministry that somebody can say something to me now that totally shocks me. Now, please don't take that on as a personal challenge to do so in the lobby when a service is over. Just resist that temptation and let it go. But about four months ago, I received a phone call about a dear friend of mine who had passed away. His name was, we just call him Dean Senior. And um, it was the lady on the phone said something and it silenced me. I mean, I expect almost anything out of the mouth of a person who doesn't know the Lord's a personal savior. I mean, those guys are able to say anything. But for somebody who supposedly knows Christ, for what came out of her mouth just shocked me. A little bit of the backstory to this, for the last 24 years, my son and I and Pastor Tim, along with a couple of pastors from Texas, have been hunting and fishing on a property up in the mountains from the Peonia Reservoir. It's this family's property where Dean Sr. managed and lived his entire life. Hundreds of acres of ground, and we were introduced to it when my son turned 18 years of age. I took him up there, and man, we've been going back ever since. And um, we built some wonderful memories there. These are great, wonderful people. And I began to share Jesus with them, and we pray with them at the dinner table, and, and we had more meals with them than I can imagine, and we had more times out in the, just sitting by a campfire or out in the woods. Their son, Dean Jr., um, uh, rescued me out of the forest many times late at night, found me by GPS, brought me back to the cabin because I was totally lost early on. So we have a lot of stories, a lot of fun. Pastor Tim's told a lot of them. But when Dean Jr. finally decided to get married, he, uh, uh, he introduced me to his fiancee, and she was from Redstone, worked in the Redstone area, and just a sweet, sweet person. Now imagine a couple in their 40s. And she asked me when I was up there at hunting camp one time, she said, we would love for you to perform the wedding ceremony. It'll be out behind the uh, Redstone Inn, between the Redstone Inn and the Redstone Castle. It'll be a beautiful outdoor setting, beautiful venue summer day and we would love for you to do the wedding. And so I knew her a little bit and I said to her, I said, well, okay, I'll do that. I, but this is, this is what I wanna ask you. I'd like to present the plan of salvation in your wedding ceremony. I'd like to be able to talk to the people that are coming from the, that mountain area. These folks that never make it down for a church service and guides and hunters in that area that would come because of Dean Senior's influence. And, and the outfitters that were there in the area. And although also the people of Redstone, that uh, the city of Redstone that know you and the people that work there um, doing tours in the castle, things like that. And she said, absolutely. Her eyes lit up. She said, please do that. Please do. And so that afternoon I, uh, that I showed up, we greeted the people there and there were a lot of people out there on the grounds. And so in the ceremony, while she and Dean Jr. stood three feet away from me, I gave the plan of salvation. Oh, I tied it in. It wasn't awkward or in any way. I talked about the bride of Christ, you know, and, and Jesus. And then, then, I, then I tied it in with the fact that if this couple is going to have a great marriage, you're going to have to center the relationship around God. You can only have a relationship with God through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And if you've never done that, before you pillow your head for a night's rest tonight, I pray and I hope that you would accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, that you might not just enjoy a time like this, but 
you'd enjoy all eternity with a family member and with this very sweet couple. Well, as I'm looking out at the crowd, of course, all the Christians are like nodding their head, yes, right along with me. They're almost mouthing, you know, the thing with me. And, and you can just pull out Christians in a crowd when you're talking about salvation. They're like egging me on, get them, yeah, tell them, pastor, you know, that kind of thing. And then the rest were just looking at me, but they were listening very intently. After the wedding ceremony was over, I was going to my truck, and many of the Christians who were in the crowd came. They thanked me, oh, thank you so much. We have friends here, coworkers here. They needed to hear that message. Been trying to work on them, you know, they said. And then some folks had just listened intently, caught me, and said, that was good. Where do you pastor? What's going on? And they just inquisitive and gave some information. This particular family that I'm talking about, Dean Sr. and his wife and kids, as we watched over the years, not only did we pray with him, and I prayed with Dean Sr. many times about his family, talked to him about God. He's a praying man, loved the Lord. His wife, I gave the, me and Anna gave her the book, uh, Jesus Calling, and she literally wore it out over the years. I'm not kidding you. And so four months ago, the daughter-in-law calls, and she tells me, which I already knew, that Dean Sr. had died. And I'm like, I know, I'm so, so sorry. And she said, uh, the family would like to request that everyone who knew Dean would send good thoughts his way in order to push him into the highest heaven. Uh, uh, and I was floored. She was three feet away from me when I gave the plan of salvation. And now she's telling me to, to throw out Send good thoughts to, I know how to have good thoughts about a person. How do you send good thoughts to a, do I, you have the thought and because you, choo, pa. Is that it? No. And then I was silent. She was silent. It got a little awkward. And I said, well, when's the memorial service? And she said, well, when the, the snow melts off, you know, in the spring or summer, we'll have something up on the property. And I thought, well, I'll get another shot at you, I hope, you know. And uh, then I, you know, we had a little more small talk. I asked about some family members. And then she closed it by saying this. And don't forget, the family members are requesting that everybody who knew Dean send him good thoughts in order to push him on into the highest level of heaven. And I said, well, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Click. Now, what happened? Her parents were saved. Her sister saved. She was brought up in a Christian home. What happened to her? What happened was the foundation she had built her relationship with God on huh, didn't really exist. She was shifting this way and that way. What happened was she was hearing a lie way more often than she was hearing the truth. And the law of exposure got her. That's why the psalmist said in Psalm chapter 1 and verse 2 that we are to meditate on God's word day and night. You see, a person's version of truth is not truth if it's not true. Truth is truth whether no one is believing it, and a lie is a lie even if everyone is believing it. If a person says, well, this is my version of truth, well, if their version of truth is a lie, they're just believing a lie. That's all that it is. And when people are exposed to a lie more often than we're exposed to the truth, which, by the way, is pandemic, then people begin to easily believe 
a lie. And that's why it's so important that when it comes to you and I building our life, that we either choose to build our life on, look behind me, human thinking, which is influenced by demonic powers, or God's thinking. You can either decide, I'm going to do this life built on what God said, or I'm going to do it based on human thinking that's influenced by demonic powers. Now, Jesus himself calls Satan a liar because that's where all lies originate. That's where all lies begin. John chapter 8, verse 44, Jesus said, he's always hated the truth because there's no truth in him. He's a liar. He's a big, fat liar, and he's a father of lies. When you look at the devil showing up in humanity, you see him showing up in the garden in the book, in the, in the book of Genesis. The first thing you see him doing is lying to a human and it wasn't a blatant lie. It was more of a simple twisting of the truth. Him saying to her, you know, yeah, God didn't really mean that if you eat the fruit, you know, it wasn't really, that's not what he meant, right? It was a twisting of the truth. And this is the foundation of spiritual warfare. It is Satan showing up in our lives like a snake in the garden. Now think about that. You're not surprised when you see a snake in the garden. I mean, a snake kind of... Looks like he might fit in a garden. I mean, it looks like it, it might be okay that a snake might be in the garden. And the devil showing up like a serpent is a metaphor or a picture of how Satan shows up in our life. He doesn't always show up looking like he doesn't belong. He'll show up in universities looking like a professor. He'll show up on television looking like a doctor or a scientist. He'll show up in your social circles looking like a friend. Doesn't look like he doesn't belong. It kind of mixes in until finally the person or you might think, well, you know, that kind of makes sense. But in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8, the Bible says, don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies and high-sounding nonsense. I love that terminology. A bunch of high-sounding nonsense. We are inundated by it today as children of God. And he goes on to say this. He says uh, uh, that come from, are you ready? Here it is on the left side, human thinking and from spiritual powers of this world, and here's the other side, rather than from Christ. It's human thinking influenced by demonic powers. And it used to be more subtle than it is today. Today, it is just blatantly right in our face. Lies. But the problem is if nobody steps up and calls it a lie, the people that are hearing the lies begin to believe that the lie is true. Therefore, the law of exposure. They're getting more of that than they are of this. And it's happening in the lives, not just of the people that we work with or the people that we live with. It's happening in the lives of the people that we love. It happened in this woman's life. Now, she was intelligent. She was smart, grew up in a Christian home. But the lies became more powerful than the truth. You see, mankind has always looked for complex solutions to complex problems. As a matter of fact, we kind of like that. If this is a really complex issue, there must be a lot of complexity that goes on and a lot of different ideas and maybe something new that helps us understand this issue that is now on the table. And mankind, we just like the idea that if it's a complex problem, there has to be a complex solution to it. There can't be an easy answer. And God's in heaven going, hello, hello. I gave you a simple answer to a very complex problem. 
And I've given you the answers to complex issues. And if I didn't give you the answer, you're not going to get the answer. But yet many times mankind wants to look for something complex for that which is very simple. So I'm going to ask you to allow me to do something this morning that will be fun. Now, I don't want any emails. I don't want any letters. I don't even want you to don't lecture me when this is over. I am going to oversimplify a very complex issue. Now, did you hear that? I'm going to oversimplify it because the world and humanity is making complexity that and what people go for. So I'm going to give you truth overly simplified. Are you ready? Here's the issue. Life. Your life. My life. Let's say me and you walk through a cemetery this afternoon and we notice a headstone, a grave marker, a memorial stone that gives on it a date, a dash, and another date. Well, we know what the first date is, don't we? It is what? It's a birth date. It's the date that that person was born. And because of the age group that's in this first service, I'm going to say they were born in 1950, okay? Next service, I'll choose 81, okay? But this service, (laughs) I'm sorry, I want you to like me so you'll hear me, okay? We're just going to call it 1950. And then the second date, we're going to call that 2020, So anybody do math? How many years? 70, 70 years. We're going to choose 70 years because that's what Jesus said. God said he's going to bring mankind's average age to 70. used to be many years back in the Old Testament, hundreds of years. But then Jesus changed it. God changed it. He said 70 years is what a man will have. And then he goes on to say, well, but if you're tough enough, you can go to 80. And then we know that there are people that are 70s and 80s. We know all, all the way up to 90s and even into the 100s. But when you add up the people that are in their teens and children, the those in their 20s and 30s that die, the average age right down to 70 years on the planet today. Now, the other date that we see is the date of death. God's responsible for the first date. I'll get to that in a minute. God's responsible for the second date, the date of death. He also said that death is an appointment, Acts chapter 4, appointed unto man what? Wants to what? Die. So there's an appointment that you and I will keep. So death, birth had nothing to do with you. That's God's choice. Death is also God's choice when it comes to how long you will stay, and you do not know how long that's going to be. Now, back to the birth. There was a time that God decided that you, as an individual, would be here on this planet right now, in this time and space. He knew the year you would live, what age you would be right now at this moment. You were not an incident, and you were not an accident. You may have surprised other people by your arrival, but you did not surprise your heavenly father. He chose what sperm with what egg would come together, and then the process of you being here would begin. Where? In the womb. Now, to prove that, the Bible says, or the psalmist writes this in Psalms 39 and verse 13, you made all the delicate inward parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Who knit that person together? God did. So watch what happens. This sperm, this live sperm gets with this live egg. They come together and the knitting begins. And now the heavenly father is knitting together you. And it is in that womb that he decides what your hair color is going to be 
what your eye color is going to be. He decides the shape of your head. He decides whether or not you're going to have that chiseled jaw look. Don't you, don't you just admire those people with that chiseled looking jaw? He decides for others of us that your head's going to look more like a balloon. He decided all that. He decided if you're going to be taller or shorter. He decided what your bone structure was going to look like. Here's one. He decided what your temperament would be. You're going to come out of that womb being either a choleric sanguine or a melancholy phlegmatic. That's all decided in the womb while he is what? Knitting you together. Who's doing it? God. Where's it taking place? In the womb. Now, I don't care what human terminology you have heard that goes along with what I just gave you simplistically. God's word never said anything about what you're hearing in the news today when it comes to abortion. God said, when the egg meets the firm, I'm going to begin a knitting process and you are a human and you are mine and I have a destiny for you. And if that human is aborted, not only is it that person aborted, but his lineage or her lineage after them is aborted along with it. Have you ever thought about that? So forget all human terminology right now. I'm not going there because it's of human thinking. I'm just simplifying how you got here. So it is in that womb that he decided whether you would be a boy or a girl. And he also decided what your skin color would be. Yeah, he decided that. And that's pretty cool. Now, let me ask you a question because I need a little clarification. Am I white? No, oh, somebody help me. Am I a white man? Well, wait a second. Wait a second. Am I white? I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a white person. And... Anybody ever see a black person? Really? You seen somebody look that like that? No, what, what God did is he created every person to be somewhere in the light, light tan color of pigment, skin pigment, or the dark, dark brown color of skin pigment. And that's the color that he chose for you based on heritage and nationality. Now you go, okay, well then, where did white people and black people come from? It is nowhere mentioned in the Bible. God never calls any creation by its color. He calls it by its nationality. Really funny, in the Old Testament, the first name that he called people was, you're either a Jew or you're not a Jew. That's simple. You're either a Jew or you're a Gentile. Real simple. After that, it went to nationalities. Now, when it comes to race and everything that's going on on the human thinking side, which is demonically driven, we, we know this. At God said, are you ready? There's only one race. Every one of us had the original father, Adam. And it was Adam's sperm into the egg of Eve, our original mother, that everybody else on the planet eventually was born. Now, I think if my memory is correct about 1600 years the flood took place I think that's right I'll check it with Google later Siri knows everything and I'm gonna and, and what happened then was God wiped out everybody so now everybody from Adam and Eve regardless of their skin color now we've got just Noah just Noah's wife 
and Noah's three sons and Noah's three wives. And from those couple came every person of every skin color, of every nose shape, of every eye shape, whatever it might be, of every head, of every... And God doesn't do duplicates. So why in the world would you think that we're all supposed to look alike when none of the birds look alike? From the beautiful hummingbirds to majestic eagles are all different. All the fish of the ocean are different. Why would we as humans with different fingerprints and none of them ever match another human that has ever lived, why would God do duplicates like he's not creative enough to make all of us look different? And why does looking different make any difference in the world when we are only one human race? Not many, just one. With different ethnicities and over 223 nationalities on the planet today. And would you like for me to give you another shocker? You ready for this? Because regardless of what you've been taught when it comes to how humans think that is demonically driven, God only made one race. And whatever color you are, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9, John looked up into heaven with a prophetic vision and saw this. A vast number of people standing around the throne. This is what he saw of every nation and every tribe and every language. Meaning... Whatever color you are right now is the color you're going to be when you get to heaven. Or how could he see it? And how could he differentiate from it? So those of you that are light, light, tan, that are hitting the tanning bed, you're wasting your money and time. <laughs> your default color is going to show back up in heaven. And probably your hair color too, but I'm not, we're not even going to go with that. Isn't that something? Well, pastor, what are you saying? How many ways are there to get to heaven? Just one. Well, I heard there's a lot of others. You got to think them right on up in there. To, I, no, wrong side. How many, how many races are there? Well, there's just one. How many genders are there? Male and female created he them. There's two, just two. And there's something that happens inside of a human being that uh, decides they're going to build their life on the foundation of God, on God's word. We just don't move from that. We're just not persuaded to do anything different. We're not going to follow a lie. We're not going to go along with what the human side that is influenced by demonic powers is going to say. So we get to live with confidence. You see, this house in the story is a metaphor for life. And what Jesus is saying is that everyone builds a life. And no, 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 everyone. Whether you think you're building a life or you're not, you're building a life. And it's the life that you choose to build. Because the dash represents you. You control that. What you're going to build your life on. And Jesus said this. He said, everyone builds a life. And listen to this. Everyone, every life is going to face a storm. And then he said, if you build on human thinking, which is demonically influenced... Your life's going to crash. 
If you build your life on a lifestyle that goes against what God said, you're going to be like shifting sand. You're going to constantly have to be looking for something new and what this person says, and now you've got to be all woke. And I don't know all the terminology, the, all the whole woke thing. All I know is that God said if you treat a person the way you shouldn't treat them, that, 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 there's no terminology needed. God just simply called it sin, apologize, forgive, and go on with it. But we're going to have all kind of complexity, all kind of things that are going to hit us from sources that we think have validity because the serpent snuck into the garden and kind of looked like he belonged, and now we're seeing it again. But here's the problem with all that. Storms are coming. Life's going to happen. You're going to be shook. Somebody's going to betray you. Somebody's going to walk out of your life. Watch this. Somebody you love is going to die. And storms seem to expose the foundation that's been hidden. And then you're going to know this isn't going to last. This isn't going to work. There was a study that was done, a, uh, that was conducted by the Institute of Business, Home, and Safety it took place in Richburg, South Carolina. The researchers involved in the study built two houses, two identical houses, 1,300 square feet. Each one was built by industrial, industry standards. Uh, they met, met all the codes that were required for these two 1,300 square foot identical homes. The difference though from the first one that met all the requirements and the second one was they reinforced every inch of that house to the foundation on the second one. And they constructed these homes inside a huge warehouse where they could control the environment. And after the houses were built, where one was to industry standards and the other one was reinforced, every inch of it strapped to that foundation. They turned on huge fans that would replicate a Category 3 hurricane. So 110 mile an hour winds were turned against those two houses for three minutes. And after three minutes, they turned off the fan and they noticed that really the houses, mm, they're kind of okay, both of them. Oh, they had a little bit of cosmetic damage, but they were still sound. Structurally, it looked pretty good. So they decided to turn the fans on for 10 minutes. And this time, when they turned the fans on for 10 minutes, this was the result. The ones built to industry standards crashed, fell to the ground. The ones that did not and were not, and don't worry about them, they're not walking out on me, they're like getting in their place they need to be, so they're fine. <laughs> if I thought they were walking out on me, I'd tackle them. <laughs> but the one that was strapped solid to the foundation, it structurally stayed sound. And Jesus said, a storm is coming. Both identical houses, but one's built on a different foundation. Both are going to face the same storm that's listed in verse 25 and verse 27. And it may be that you've gone through or a loved one you know is living a lifestyle where their life is certainly not based on God's word. And they weathered a few storms. But a bigger and a longer storm is coming. Now for those of you that have chosen a different lifestyle other than the one of God. You've allowed yourself to be inundated with lies. I don't care if it's political lies. I don't care what kind of lies it is. If you are inundated 
been inundated with lives and you begin to believe a mixture of some kind of this religion and that religion, throw in a little new age, what's the new thing, what's the new term, and you're following all that because that's what you're hearing the most, your life shook. If you've chosen a lifestyle where there's a whole bunch of letters and then I ran out of letters, now I'm going to put the word plus at the end of it. I'm 64 years old. I have now lived long enough to see decisions that 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds have made and how their life has turned out. And not one of them have beat the odds in that category. Not one. And if a storm has hit your life and your foundation has been on sand and you found yourself, let me see the houses again, you found yourself crawling out from underneath the rubble of the life that you had built so far. Your loved ones are watching you crawl out from underneath that last storm that hits you and they're begging you, just move. Just move over. Just move. Don't grab a hammer. Don't grab a saw. Don't grab nails and start rebuilding on that same foundation that has already crashed. God spared your life. He had mercy on you. You can see that the way that you were living did not hold up. And the question that you just need to ask is what house would you like to live in? Which one would you like to raise your, your kids in? Just move. And for those of you that are born again children of God, and you feel the wind blowing, you see the rain coming down, you watch the water rising, and you're getting a little nervous. If you built on the foundation of God, just hang on. That storm's not going to last, and you're going to come out just fine. Well, pastor, every once in a while, I watch my neighbors, and I like to run outside and act like them. All right. He saw it. He forgave you. You're good. If you're going through a really rough storm right now as a child of God, you're going to be okay. Just hang on. If you're going through a storm right now and your world's crashing and you're on the wrong foundation because you have believed a lie and you've been willing to fight about that lie, please move. Please move. When storms hit your life, there's two things you're going to need. You're going to need comfort and you're going to need confidence. Comfort of if that person walked out of my life, I don't need anyone who walked out for God to be able to move me into my future. I'm going to be fine. Confidence says that uh, no weapon that's formed against me should prosper. I'm going to get through this, and everything's going to be fine. Would you stand with me? Guys, I have to tell you that it really sickens me when I don't hear pastors tell the truth to people. It really bothers me to the core of my being when I see people following lies that they heard on the news or some professor in a college where there's not education going on but indoctrination going on. 
people arguing over politics. Whose side are you on? Well, whose side are you? You're on the left side. You're on the right side. God didn't come down here riding the backs of donkeys or elephants. The question is, whose side are you on? That's the question. And what foundation are you building on? There's a reason why we teach God's word here. It's the only truth you're ever going to get. You build your life on this. Crawl out from underneath that mess that just happened. Everything changes. There's only one person who can define who I am. That's God. Nobody else's opinion matters. Well, Anna's a little bit, but nobody else. <laughs> he tells me who I am. He tells me what I can do. He tells me I'm forgiven when I look in the mirror and I don't feel good about myself. And he'll do the same for you. Enjoy this right here. Child of the Most High God and the Most High God's for me. 
here, we're gonna worship him for just another minute, but you are loved, you are appreciated, and we will see you next Sunday. Goodbye, church family. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not yet made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, I'd love to give you an opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you can do that right now. I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I know I've made mistakes and I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose again. Come and be the Lord of my life and lead me from this day forward. Thank you for giving me a home forever in heaven. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you just prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited. Welcome to the family of God. We would love to invite you to text 94,000 with the word heaven. And this will put you in touch with one of our pastors and we can celebrate with you and answer any questions you might have. Also, if you're in need of prayer about anything, you can submit your prayer requests to us by texting prayer support to 94,000. Our prayer team will receive your requests and immediately start covering you in prayer. If this is your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, or you just want to learn more about one of the ministries, text FELLOWSHIP to 94000 to connect with our staff. As always, we are just a phone call away. You can call us at any time at 970-245-PRAY with any questions you might have. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week either online or in person.